Hey, my Vision Speak listeners. Listen, I have been trying to record this brief message um, before that we get into the podcast episode for a little bit, and I'm cracking up. Let me be completely honest, y'all. I was attempting to bake some cookies, which I haven't baked cookies like from scratch in a while, and it was a new recipe. Y'all, these cookies... look a mess (laughs) let me just be honest oh my gosh they look a mess but that's okay you know and then I started thinking about it you know what I I followed the, the directions and um you know again this is the first time I've done this and it's actually a sugar free recipe and but you know what I'm not giving up I'm letting them cool and and just I'm gonna taste one and then probably just just throw the rest away because they look a mess. But anyway, so as I'm thinking this, I'm thinking, you know what? It's okay to laugh at ourselves. It's okay to try something, and you can get up. Right? All is not lost. You can try again. <laughs> okay, so this is a word for you. If something didn't turn out the way that you, you know, didn't intend, didn't plan try again. Okay. Whether it's, you know, maybe you need to try something different or maybe you need someone to help you, right? Someone who's maybe done this before they can walk you through. Cause even though you have the directions in front of you, sometimes you need that encouragement, right? You need someone beside you saying, okay, yeah, that was a little bit too much flour or try this instead. So I say all that to say that I can be that person for you in terms of getting clarity on your purpose or going forward with your dreams, the vision that you have for your life. Let me be that accountability that you need. I remember um, as soon as I got my doctorate degree and I was, I had an idea of starting a business and was wondering what are those things that I'm gifted in? What is on the inside of me that is for somebody else? And I remember sitting in my cubicle, just writing down Um, what God was speaking to me about my vision and and about dreams and about giftings. And I want to walk you through that process because it was so helpful for me then. And it really um, propelled me forward in terms of the understanding that I have an assignment and have a calling. And no matter where I am in life, no matter what career position I have, um, that I can walk in purpose and I can feel the calling that God has on my life. So let me help you go to the show notes and you'll see a link um, to book a complimentary vision call. Let's talk about what's on your heart, um, how you may need uh, more clarity around your purpose and assignment, and then the coaching sessions that I offer to help you through that. So again, don't give up. Try again. <laughs> and I hope you all enjoy this next episode. Peace. Hello, and welcome to the Vision Speak Live podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Candice. I'm so glad you decided to tune in. It's not by accident that you are here. It's a divine appointment. And I believe you are going to leave inspired, challenged, and motivated to arise and move forward into your true identity and purpose. Vision Speak Consulting exists to help you discover and cultivate your dreams, strengths, and purpose through education and action with kindness. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you enjoy. Hey, my 
Vision Speak Live listeners. Welcome back to another episode of Vision Speak Live. And I'm grateful to have a special guest, Miss Taya Cohen. I hope I said your last name. Cowan. Cowan. Thank you. I should have asked you that before I hit record. Miss Taya Cowan in, I was about to say the room. We're in separate places, but I can still say in the room. Welcome, Taya. Hi, thanks for having me. <laughs> you are so welcome. Um, this is going to be a great conversation. So I, I said this before on other episodes. I encourage you, if you're able to, those who are listening, to grab a pen and paper, jot some notes down, or if you're driving, don't do that. <laughs> don't <laughs> don't take any notes while you're driving, but just take note as you're listening to this conversation because I just believe you're going to gain some new insight. You're going to gain some wisdom as you're listening, and so. Uh, Taya and I both are in the Louisville area mm-hmm. right now, right currently, and um, I actually met Taya, it was some years ago, and I don't know if you remember this, but um, if I'm not mistaken, it was at MSD, I don't know if you remember that, it was during the, you're like, nope, <laughs> you're like, where was I, if, if I'm not mistaken, I, I feel like I'm getting this right but anyway I knew of you mm-hmm. but then I was um at the time I worked for Kentucky Higher Education Assistance Authority as an outreach counselor mm-hmm. so I was out and about a lot talking to students about college access and financial aid making sure they knew the what money was available for them to go to college and helping them through the process so in the summertime um, I think it was through Kentuckiana Works there were a group of high school students that were working at MSD and they would have sessions about and bring in different guest speakers. And I was there speaking to them about college stuff. And I want to say you were there. Maybe there was a panel. I think um, I, I kind of remember that, but I think okay. like we were downtown. Okay. Somewhere. With, Somewhere. Because um, I remember I did a lot of college readiness stuff. So I think, yeah. you One know, of- um, we definitely probably could have crossed paths though. Yeah. My memory is selective, but it's funny how I remember certain details. Um, but regardless, whether wherever we were, I remember meeting you mm-hmm. and thinking, oh my gosh, that's the young lady. And I think you were still in school. Um, but again, I had heard of you because um, I'm friends with Tiandra Robinson, mm-hmm. who I believe, was she your yes counselor, educational talent search counselor? Yes. yes. Okay. Yes. So um, she, I think she posted about you attending, you know, college and I'm like, that's dope. She's dope. And then they have opportunity just to meet you um, in that setting. And we didn't talk long, but I was like, oh my gosh, that's the girl that Tiatra was posted about. So anyway, long story short, um, my former job was as a college counselor at Louisville Collegiate School. Mm-hmm. And one of my students I was working with we were in conversation about his college process and he was asking me if I knew anyone that went to Harvard and immediately I thought of you and I was like, yeah, I know somebody. (laughs) And then I reached out on LinkedIn um, and just wanted to send you that message. And because I'm learning, like when, when God brings people to my mind is for a reason. And so I wanted you to know that, you know, I was sharing about you um, and I'm like, I want to know how she's doing. And then that led to me, well, let me just get her on the podcast. So I know I just said a whole lot, but I thought it was important to kind of lay the foundation for those who are listening, like how this all came about was really me like, I'm going to reach out to Taya because a student asked me about Harvard and I wonder how she's doing. And then like, why not just have her on the podcast so she can share what she's been up to, how she's been doing um, since graduating from Harvard. 
Well, thank you for having me. And I'm excited to have this conversation today. Yes. Yes. You are so welcome. Um, and so can you just, let's just jump right in. Cause I mentioned Harvard. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was thinking about this. I'm like, when students, like my students say, do you know, you know, Harvard is, is a, is a premier Ivy league school, right? It's when you hear Harvard, you're like, wow, that's impressive. There've been a lot of amazing people that attend Harvard that have graduated from Harvard. And so, um, to be able to tell that student, like, yeah, I know somebody from our community, from Louisville, Kentucky, that mm-hmm. is a graduate of Harvard. It's just amazing. And so I'd love for you to share, however, which angle, you know, whatever you want to share, like how, how, what was your journey like to Harvard? How did you get there? <laughs> Such a big question. I know, I know. It's um, but I love answering this question because it's not a typical, I didn't have a typical journey, actually. Um, my journey for myself personally, I thought I I wanted to go to a top HBCU. I wanted to go to Howard. I wanted yeah. to be BC. I thought I was going to be on like a pre-law track and I was going to be able to pledge and, you know, do all the things that come, you know, being at a great HBCU. Yeah. Um, so that was my personal journey, but however, I guess God had, you know, other things in store for me that I didn't even know that wow. was possible. Um, there's this thing called the common application where, you know, you can fill out one general application and send it to many different schools. You know, you can tweak different essays or whatnot, but it's a general app that you can send to plenty of schools and Harvard just so happened to be on that list. Um, and my senior year of high school, it was a breeze. I only had about two classes. You know, I pretty much had everything completed. I was just really there just to kind of get through the finish line. And so I had plenty of free time on my hands to, you know, gear up and get ready for college. I was applying to a lot of different scholarships. um, But I sent this application into Harvard one day, random, you know, I had nothing else to do. I said, why not? Let's see. The worst they can do is say no. Um, And I had went to tour Howard University during their homecoming. So like the end of October and on the way, on the drive back, uh, me and my mom was in the car together. I just so happened to check my email and I noticed that I had an invitation to do an interview with like uh, an alumni basically to kind of help, you know, add to my application. Yeah. So I did the interview with the alumni. It was supposed to be a 20, 30 minute conversation. It turned into like an hour long conversation. And we were just able to connect like very deeply, share a lot about like my history, my upbringing, you know, my desires and, you know, where I saw myself in the future. Um, and it just really was an eye opening conversation. And I, I still to this day, I thank my interviewer because I feel like, you know, what she added to my application just added to me being such a much more well-rounded candidate, I think. Yeah. Um, and so we had that interview and then um, I applied early uh, decision and to both Howard and Harvard. And so um, both of the acceptances came out the same week. This was like the first or second week in December. Yeah. I'm not really knowing anything too much of it. I'm just like, mom, I'm more worried about Howard at this point. I'm right. not even really thinking about Harvard, really. Right. Um, Lo and behold, I got into both, both on a full ride. And it was just like, you know, the world is my oyster. You know, it was wow. up to me. What do I want to do? Where do, yeah. do I want to go? 
And so, um, and I say this too very candidly in that, you know, I really didn't know too much about Harvard. I didn't, I didn't know what their financial aid looked like. I didn't know, you know, kind of what type of um, majors or areas of studies that they had available. I didn't know. I barely even knew it was in Boston. (laughs) Like, it was just, you know, like you say, when you hear Harvard, like, I think movies, you know, I think, you know, it's kind of otherworldly to think about attending that institution. So it was like, you know, I had, I heard of it, but didn't know anything about it. So, right. Of course, now that the opportunity presented itself, I, I'm a researcher, I'm very analytical, I'm a planner. So I hopped on the computer and I tried to find out everything I needed to know about the institution. Yeah. Um, Well, as kind of like asking family and friends, you know, what do you guys think? You know, I got this dream to go to the illustrious Howard, but then I also have this opportunity to do something that I might not get a chance to do ever again in life. Right, right. Um, And I just kind of, you know, after talking with friends and family, praying about it, you know, doing a lot of research, I ultimately, you know, chose to go to Harvard and kind of see where it takes me. And still to this day, I'm glad that I was able to do that. I love it so much. It just makes me smile because I, like you shared, you were like, okay, why not? Right. Right? Like you were filling out the Common App and um, you can apply to a bunch of colleges like yes. you said, on the Common App, and you're like, why not just try? Yeah, that is, and like you said, you do have an unconventional story because you didn't know a lot about Harvard. Yes. Say, I'm, I was about to say Howard. Didn't know a lot about Harvard, but then you were like, okay, let me do this research. I love yeah. that. Yeah, I love that you did the quantitative and you did the qualitative. Yes, quality. <laughs> yes. I, I, that was, this is still to this day, that's just how I am. Like, yeah. I, I do not make uninformed decisions like at all. And so yeah. I think maybe that kind of helps, you know, with my journey as well, being that type of, you know, thinker, having that type of brain. But yeah, um, yeah, I I very unconventional. I was not the, you know, perfect straight A student that had the dream to go to Harvard. Yeah. You know, yeah. I I just didn't. And so, and because it's like I never knew anybody that went. I don't have any family that went. You know, I'm a yeah. first generation college student. Mm-hmm. And so it's like that just wasn't on my to-do list yeah yeah um but obviously it was on guys and so he saw fit to have the opportunity to be gifted to me and so I felt like you know why would I pass that up yeah I love that so much and you mentioned like you said um that you're first generation to college uh graduate now hey (laughs) and so what was that like I'm I'm curious as far as like when was there conversations about you going to college while you were growing up where when did that spark hit like you know what I don't know where I'm going to college no no no. you you were thinking Howard when did that come to light that you were like you know what I'm going and period yes I'm going somewhere um um, my parents never went to college but I did have an aunt who I'm her namesake her name is Shantae my real name is Shantae and so um she had went to undergrad at it's here in Kentucky. It's not Mary State. Moorhead. Um, Moorhead, yes. Moorhead, I yeah. Morehouse, but that's in that's in Atlanta. Moorhead. She went to Moorhead State. Yeah. And so she did like social work um type of uh career path. And so she had a little bit of experience in, you know, with college, but 
she was like the only one and it really she was someone who she had this degree but didn't really utilize it so still it wasn't like it didn't really like really inspire me you know tremendously to like oh my god let's go get this degree and you know have these ambitious plans um and so I just kind of always wanted more you know for myself for my family I've just always been ambitious like that and as on top of that I wanted to get away from Louisville um being born and raised in Louisville is is definitely small city vibes and I just always wanted I craved more I craved bigger yeah um, more fast paced and so um always knew I just was like that's my opportunity especially if it could be free it's a free opportunity to go somewhere else and live somewhere else for four years and you know still have the option to come back you know whenever I miss family yeah um so that was kind of how my thought process started with going to college you know free way to live somewhere else as well as to you know help me on these with my ambitious goals like I said I thought I was going to be on the law track a pre-law track I thought I was going to be a criminal defense attorney and you know what I'm saying change the criminal justice system that's kind of where my goals were yeah um I think that came from my upbringing you know I my dad like all my life was kind of like in and out of prison he you know really struggled you know with the criminal justice system and so I had always vowed, you know, I'm going to do this with my dad, you know, I'm going to yeah. do this. But, and every part, every person who, you know, if they go through the system, how can they, you know, come back and back into society and, you know what I'm saying, change their life and stuff like that. So that's kind of the type of thinking that I had growing yeah. up. Yeah. Very social justice oriented. I definitely, I worked with a lot of kids, you know, extracurricular um, wise. I, like I said, the criminal justice system was a big passion of mine. Yeah. And so that's kind of what prompted me to like I always thought first up is college yeah and then see where it was next yeah yeah that's good thank you so much for sharing that and so you're not working in criminal criminal justice system right now mm-hmm. but you're working in finance right financial yeah, services completely different okay so so how did that come about was that once you got to Harvard like how where did that switch come yeah, um, I think the switch did happen once I went to college. So when I went to Harvard, it just opened up a lot more, like a lot of other things that I didn't know about. For example, yeah. I have a minor in economics. I've never took an economics class in high school, never heard of it, didn't right. even, like all I knew was the study of the economy, but I didn't know what that meant. Um, sociology never knew about what that meant you know beforehand so Harvard is considered a liberal arts school mm-hmm. and so um, when you think of college I thought at least more so like technical type of you know degrees you know communications or pre-law pre-med you know yeah. things like that but with the liberal arts type of school you more so are going to increase the intellectual side of education you know yeah. so you have like history of arts or history of science and you know sociology you have african-american studies you have you have more type of um concentrations what they call their majors but you have more concentrations that are focused on you know growing you your thought process your analytical process and stuff like that as opposed to having more technical degrees yeah and so by you know, going into that, I was able to explore a lot of other educational paths that I didn't have access to. I went yeah. to Ferdinand High School, you know, the at Ferdinand, their biggest thing is um, 
machinery, heavy equipment, you know, each high school in the JCPS has different magnets or programs that yeah. you are accustomed to that school. So Ferdell was a fire EMS and yeah. you know, heavy machinery type of school. And so they really tried to like get kids to focus more on that or, you know, focus more on the college education side. Um, so I had no clue about what any of these majors were, but also with the way that it was structured at Harvard, you can pick your classes, you pick your own schedule. Um, yeah. They have this thing called shopping week at the beginning of every semester where the first week of the semester, you literally have the roster of all the classes and different of all the different uh, majors and yeah. you go and you sit in. A class you can sit in for 10 minutes you can sit in for the whole hour but you yeah. literally go and shop around for your classes and see what interests you the most see what your most you know what aligns more with what you want to do post-grad you know yeah. if it's a class that you've never heard of but it's like just off the wall quirky intellectual you know type of class that you may never get to take again or learn about something again that's very maybe niche focused or mm -hmm. something you could take a class like that so it was very you had a lot of independence when it came to it. And so with that, I was able to try so much new stuff, learn about so much new stuff that I never got to experience before. And so I kind of took that opportunity and ran with that as well. You know, yeah. I'm going to use this time to, you know, try something new, learn about something new. And so I took an economics course and fell in love with it. I felt like, you know, this is something that was necessary that everybody should know, you know, yeah. learning about the economy, you know, in the micro scale and macro scale you know yeah. what does that mean everybody should know this and then with sociology that kind of was more towards my passion you know I learned a lot about you know the criminal justice system through my classes there I learned a lot about you know race and identity and you know cultures and the history of all of that and how that can kind of predict the future and I use a lot of my analytical skills with sociology. It's very yeah. research heavy, you know, researching about people, researching cultures and how they transform. And so I was able to kind of do a best of both worlds, you yeah. know, have a more technical track with economics, but then also explore my intellectual and as well as my social justice side with sociology. And so it kind of was a good fit for me. I love that. I love that when you were talking like about the shopping week and being able to try different classes, I was thinking about, that reminds me of going into like Baskin Robbins or an mm -hmm. ice cream spot, <laughs> you know, and you're excited, you're like different flavors, right? right? And then you make your decision. So, and just yeah. even hear you talk about it. I'm like, that really, um, sparked you, you know, like you're, like you said, you're a learner, you're a researcher. So that fulfilled that excitement on the inside of you. And that's just so beautiful to hear you talk about it. Like, that's so dope. Because college should be fun. You know, it, it should spark that interest in, yeah. in in students. You know, if you're going, you go, you're there. So you might as well. Yes. And then I loved how, because I think a big thing when it comes to college, that how like a lot of students kind of struggle with picking a major and stuff yeah. like that, because it's kind of like you have to, with the way other colleges, I feel like are structured, you have to kind of come in knowing already at least somewhat of what you want to do because yeah. you know I think by the end of the first year you need to really have that major solidified to be able to take the necessary courses to you know pass with that degree. Yeah. However, with Harvard, it was like we didn't even get to choose a, a degree or area of focus until yeah. the start of the second semester of sophomore year. 
Gotcha. So you had three semesters. So you had all of freshman year as well as the first semester of sophomore year. So you're literally only, your only job is to figure out what you want to do. You have yeah. a year and a half to literally figure that out. And um, like, you couldn't even declare a major before that. Yeah. And so they really push you to try new things, learn yeah. new things. So you can know, like make the choice that, you know, is best for you. Yeah. And so that kind of helped me, you know, I came in very law oriented, very, you know, social justice, yeah. civic minded oriented, you know, so I thought that I took my first semester, I took classes that aligned with that. And I learned this might not be, you know, right. what I want to do long-term. And so, but I also had the freedom and flexibility to learn about new things try new yeah. things so it led me in a path that differed from you know being pre-law yeah so good and you were open to that you know you were listening yeah. to guy you were listening listening to yourself which is him on the inside of you and that's exciting well I, so, I felt like I had to be open because it's like I'm already in a space that's super foreign to me mm-hmm. around all these people that are super foreign to me it was a huge culture shock so it was like I couldn't even really go into it you know dictating what I thought I wanted I had to be open completely across the board yeah Um, so yeah so good what do you what do you feel like you learned I know you (laughs) can reflect back and think about so many things but what are a few things that you feel like you learned about yourself in that transition from Louisville Kentucky Mm -hmm. to Boston Massachusetts or is it Cambridge Yes, boss. It's Cambridge. Cambridge. Okay. But they're like, literally me... like right next to right each other. There. Okay. I'm like, <laughs> look, I'm a co- look, I'm I've been doing college council for a really long time, but I'm like, let me make sure I get my town, cities, areas right. So um, yeah, what do you feel like were some of the major things that you learned about yourself in that transition? And that you mentioned like it being a culture shock. Oh we girl. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see, the biggest lessons. Mm, such a loaded question <laughs> um I don't know I think it really helps me I think my biggest lesson was uh like we just mentioned going with the flow like being um very open to tra- changes to transformation yeah. um that was kind of like I guess a first lesson with life I think because now um, you know, coming back and working and, you know, yeah. I'm not really a college student anymore. I'm now building my life. You know, I'm learning that you have to be open to change. And yeah. if you can go through life and you want to succeed and be successful and all of that, you have to be open to changes. It's just period, you know? Um, so I think that's the biggest thing. Mm-hmm. Um, my other biggest lesson was always ask for what you want. Oh, that's good. That yeah. is probably the biggest lesson I've learned. Mm. as of yet um because so as you know Harvard's very competitive just to get in yeah. but that's not where it stops you know it's competitive to get in the class you have to apply to get into certain classes you know you have to apply for certain extracurricular activities wow. you know at least the the most the top performing ones you know the ones that you know it's some extracurricular groups that you know you just hear about a lot on campus or that it's like kind of exclusive to join because they maybe take good trips or maybe you know they um you know they give they have a lot of what's the word I'm looking for they give away a lot of free stuff yeah yeah um or you know it's just always something that makes 
an extracurricular, extracurricular group more attractive or a okay. class more attractive. Maybe it's, it's better to have on your resume or it's easier to get an A in or, you know, yeah. <laughs> it's always something. And it's like, you were literally always applying to stuff. Mm. And so, um, you know, always apply it. No matter what, even if you don't think you're going to get in, you better always send the application in and you better make sure your application is the best, you know, yeah. or, and if you, even if you don't get in or maybe they reject you firsthand, you better send that email in and ask for well, what else can I do to do this? You know, if you, if you get a, if you get a grade that you don't like, you better make sure you're emailing that professor, you know, what is it that I can do to fix this or change this? So what do I need to do moving forward? You know, um, if it's, it's just on in, in any aspect of life, you know, now working, you know, um, I'm trying to like build a clientele, you know, you need to always ask when you're talking to people, you know, what is it that I can do or what is it that's going to, make you want to work with me you know what right. is it that you know you just should always ask for things that you want that you know if you find a mentor if you find somebody you look up to can you mentor me you know right. can you put me under your wing can you show me how to do this can you you know what I'm saying can you teach me how to you know gain this skill you know can specifically now with working with the raising you know if you want if you see a job or if you see you know you want to move up a promotion that you feel like you'll be a good fit for ask for that right. you know pr promote yourself sell yourself you know yeah. what I'm saying because at the end of the day you're your biggest advocate um and I learned that with my first job right out of college you know how do I negotiate this raise you know how yeah. do I negotiate this salary you know it's always it's always opportunity to get what you want yeah you just have to know how to go about asking for that That's um Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> Girl, I have to write my note down because you saying that reminded me there's an email that I need to send and ask a question. So thank you so much. Listen, I told you guys <laughs> to get your note pad and your pen and take note. That was so good. So you talked about mentorship, which is so critical. So do you have number one, do you have a mentor? Um, and if so, I have a lot of mentors. Okay you know maybe talk about one or two maybe yeah. one and how you got connected and how you keep that relationship going and then the flip side is that are you um mentoring anybody yeah good question yeah um yes yeah, so, so what does that look like Yes. So mentorship is big for me personally, because I just feel like it's, it can, it can be like a cheat code to life, you know, utilizing other people's expertise yeah. and, you know, what they already know, their experiences, their wisdom, use that to your advantage. That's so much easier than just trying to figure everything out on your own. So good. First off, that's impossible. <laughs> like there's no way one person by themselves will ever get anywhere or accomplish everything by themselves. Right. Along the way, you're going to need some type of help, whether that's financial assistance, whether that's just words of wisdom, whether that's pointing you in the direction of other resources. You know, there's there's not one successful person on this earth. They got to be where they are by themselves, period. So I use mentorship for that. Um, one mentorship right now that's very relevant um, in my current role um, his name is Milton Ali, and he is a realtor here in Louisville. Okay. And it was crazy. Shout out to Milton. <laughs> yes. Um, and it's crazy kind of how we connected. I was, you know, on Facebook one day kind of searching. I was um, reaching out to a lot of different people because um, as a financial advisor, you know, prospecting is a really big thing. You know, meeting people, talking to people, growing your network. That's yeah. the number one way to like kind of succeed in my business. 
So I was just doing that one day on social media, reached out to him more. So I was really reaching out to him to try to like for him to become a client. But little did I know it was a little bit more in store there. Mm -hmm. Um, When he was getting together a little like a small networking group. Um, and he, you know, invited me to come and be a part of that. Um, th- there's these things called BNI groups where they're basically like referral based networking groups. You okay. know, all these people get together. Um, each person has a different, um, are in a different career or yeah. has a different expertise. And basically they get together to kind of share referrals or people who they think should work with, you know, each other. Yeah. Um, and so he was trying to make his own like homemade group like that. He invited me to join and, um, I served on like the financial advising chair or whatever. And so we meet like bi-weekly to just discuss, you know, how are we helping each other? How can we grow each other's network or, you know, help sponsor whatever it is that they need, things like that. Um, and with that, we also have to have one-on-ones with each other. So aside from the bi-weekly group meeting, you know, we all should be meeting one-on-one to connect deeper, you know, personally yeah. with each other yeah. as well as it's just a better way to kind of give connections in that way as well. And so we had a one-on-one, we hit it off really good. He's a black man, you know, very successful yeah. realtor um, in the state of Kentucky. And, you know, I just was like, okay, well, help me, you know, you already built a business, you're very successful at it, you know, in the real estate space, help me kind of transfer some of those skills, you know, into what I'm doing right now with financial advising. He was like, oh, I got you, you know, say less. Um, and so we've just kind of been building a relationship ever since for the past like six months, basically. Wow. Yeah. And um, even though he's not directly in the business that I'm in, it's like he's still giving transferable skills that yeah. I can take even beyond this role. You know, any any person is more so like personal development type yeah. of skill. Yeah. Um, and it's just tremendously, you know, once you develop personally, it also just goes into every other aspect of Absolutely. your life. Um, and so he's just been a blessing. I love that so much. What's one, I guess, skill that or wisdom that you heard from him that you're now applying? Yes, um, probably just to, hmm, I have two. The first one I feel like is, it's something so simple, but yet so necessary is yeah. staying consistent. You know, you don't always have to be motivated to do what you want to do. You don't always have to like, have you don't always have to have a purpose necessarily yeah you stay consistent even if you kind of lose sight of oh, I don't really want to do this anymore I'm yeah. not really seeing any immediate benefit from it I think I'm just gonna quit no like that's when you need to keep just keep doing it you know you don't even have to want to do it just do it Ooh. and eventually that success will come you know as yeah as long as you're diligent and you have that hard work work ethic you know you know, the world's your oyster. It's like, you kind of can't feel, you yeah. know, if you just stay consistent at it. Um, but then my yeah, second is so lesson is kind of that I've, this is something personally that I've been struggling with, but I've been hearing it so much from not just him, but so many other people. Yeah. And that is like, you have to have people around you that are better than you. You know what I'm okay. saying? You have yeah. to, in order for you to get better, you can't be in a room full of people that is, either on the same level as you or, you know, on a probably lower level. I don't want to yeah. say that, but 
but you know, yeah. Yeah. you have to be around people that you aspire to be like, yes. you know, you can't get ahead by staying with the same old people doing the same old things that is not aligned with where you want to go or where you need to be. Um, and so that's something personally that I've been struggling with. Cause it's like, for example, childhood friends, maybe, yeah. maybe yeah, they're not on. on the same path or trajectory that you're on. You know, maybe they don't have the same ambitions as you, but yet you still have that loyalty and that tie to them. Cause you're like, Oh, we've been friends for 10 years. We've right. grown up together. Right. You know, you have that loyalty, but at the same time, they just might not be, you know, on the same journey as you. And so they might not be able to make it on your journey. They may, could be, you know, what is stopping you from getting to the next level. Yeah. Um, and so you have to know, you have to surround yourself with like-minded people and people that you want to be or that you aspire to be, yeah. you know, in the future. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> that is so, so good. I wrote it down. Stay consistent. I underlined three times yeah. um I actually the last episode I recorded um and it was by myself and I was sharing about just showing up and so when you mm -hmm. said that it made me think about that because you just never know right yeah. when you just show up and I, oh that's so good because I think sometimes I don't want to acknowledge sometimes that I really don't want to do this <laughs> mm -hmm. so I think like you say it's okay even if you don't feel yeah. like it you don't feel like you're at your best, but staying consistent, you'll get, you'll get there. You yes. really will. Oh my gosh. That was so good. That was for me. If it wasn't for nobody else, <laughs> thank you so much. And thank you, Milton. Yes. <laughs> you know, um, and I love that be around people that I aspire to be like, that's mm -hmm. so good. Yes. That's so good. And you're doing that, a being a part of that group. And what's the, you, mm -hmm. what was the acronym that you gave for it again? Um, it's considered a BNI group, but we're the we're titled uh Derby City Networking. That's okay. Um, and so yes, and I think you also had asked me before we got into all that, like who do I mentor as well? Yes, 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 yes. Um, and so I don't. I feel bad saying this, but I don't have a mentee right now. Yeah, yeah. I work with, uh, I had a couple like in college, I was definitely mentoring. I would like go back and have uh, talks with, you know, students at Fertile High School. Yep. Um, my my old English teacher, Miss Kinzer. I love Who is her. the bomb. Miss Kinzer, I love you, girl. She's amazing. Um, and she, I met her because I used to come to Fairdale for my job yep. before. And we went to church together before. Yes, yes, I love don't. her. Um, and so anytime she tries to like, you know, get me back to come yeah. and talk, I'm always on it because you know I love her and I love the students and I like to let you know kids know, you know, wherever you want to be, you can do that. You can get there. You can do that. You know what I'm saying? And don't limit yourself. And so I I try to get that message out to as many you know high school students as I can. Um. But yes, I am looking for mentees. So if if you uh are listening and you want a mentor, or if you, right. and you have any kids that you know you feel like you need a mentor, don't hesitate to reach out. I love it so much. Yes, <laughs> and I'll have um, and I'm sure Tay will be okay with this. I'll have her information in the show yeah. notes. And so as you listen to this, when you're done with finish the episode, or you can do it right now, because you can just go on your phone, look in the show notes and you'll see her contact information. And I definitely encourage you to, um, if you're an adult listening and you're like, yeah, I want to connect with Taya, 
yeah. please email or you have a student in mind, a young person in mind, that would be a great connect for her. Please, please feel free to email her and, and connect with her. That is so, so good. So good. Um, okay, I sent Taya some questions. So I'm trying to see if there's other questions that I want to ask. Um, oh, yeah. So tell me, we kind of talked around it, but you are a financial advisor. So tell us how you got to, is it a firm that I want to make sure I'm using yeah. the right language? You'll yes, correct I me. Went, um, with Northwestern Mutual. Okay. I've heard of them before. <laughs> yes. Um, so what's your question? How did I kind of get yeah, how did you how did you get this job? And then what are your what do you what do you do day to day and what are some of the goals you have um in terms of your career moving forward? So I guess a three-part question. Yes. <laughs> um okay, so how I got here was let's see. So right after I graduated, I went into marketing. So okay. I was in the marketing advertising space. Um, I came back here, Louisville, Kentucky, and was working remotely. My job was based out of Dallas, Texas. Oh, wow. I was supposed to relocate with that job. However, of course, COVID kept kind of pushing that return to office date back. And I was getting kind of fed up with the 100% remote work. It was very mundane. Yeah. Um, and so that coupled with, um, I think it was around the time we were supposed to have our first kind of like performance review. And I was kind of overlooked for, you know, a raise. And so that was something that, you know, that's kind of a non-negotiable for me. I'm a yeah. person that's always trying to improve, always looking to, you know, advance and excel. And I felt like I was in a career or in a role where I felt like I was being kind of held back. I yeah. guess I, it, I was being restrained and I do not like that at all. So I ultimately left that role. Um, and so I left that role. This was early 2022. And so I kind of just wanted to, I, I took that job immediately right after college. Like I graduated in May, started that job first week of June. So it was like, I had maybe a two week span of time off before I went straight into being full-time uh, role. And so I was like, okay, well now I just kind of want to take a step back. Let's make sure that I even want to stay in the advertising, you know, mm -hmm. industry. Let's see if there's other industries where I can excel um, and with better, you know, pay outlook. So I took the time to do that. Thankfully, I was still living with my mom and stuff during this time. So I didn't have no bills or nothing. I just kind of, me. I know, right. She allowed me to, you know, kind of see what I wanted to do next, be more intentional. Yeah. So I was doing that, but in the midst of doing this last year, um, my mom had passed away unexpectedly at the end of May. So she passed away May 23rd, 2022. And, um, and it was so crazy because I, um, when I graduated in 2021, we didn't have an in-person graduation, of course, because of COVID. Yeah. So last year, 2022, they was inviting our class back to campus to have that in-person graduation. And she passed away literally like two days before we were supposed to go to Boston. Wow. So it was very unexpected, yeah. very, it shook my world up to yeah. say the least. And so I was kind of, you know, going through that, dealing with that. And, yeah. but with that kind of, it uncovered that she had a little bit of, you know, life insurance that had done a little, a little bit of financial planning, at least yeah. on the risk management side to like kind of, um, it, it gave me a safety net as to okay. say. Yeah. So with that, I was able to kind of reinvest into myself in a way, you know, I had to kind of, I went from 
virtually paying no bills, you know, having this freedom to kind of explore and, you know, not really have any responsibilities to say to now just thrown into, you know, the fire, you know, thrown directly into life. So now here I am unemployed, you know, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. And my mom just passed away and I'm like, what in the world? And so now, and now I also have all these bills. I took over her lease. So I was like, so I had all these bills and I had, you know, I didn't know what to do. Yeah. But thankfully, you know, her planning that she did kind of allowed me, it still, I had a little breathing room still. It wasn't like too much of a like, bam, like, okay, get it together. So I took about a couple more months still was um, trying to be intentional with what I wanted to do next. And I got connected with the manager director here at Northwestern Mutual. And so we had a couple conversations. We hit it off really nice. And he kind of showed me, he kind of took like, remove the veil kind of yeah. of what, what does a financial advisor do? You know, what yeah. is financial planning? What is that? What does that mean? Yeah. And I realized that it was so much more to it than just having life insurance. You know, right. there's so many other ways to build generational wealth. There's so many other ways mm. to, you know, kind of grow your assets and invest into the market and, you know, do all of those things that, you know, we want to do as uh, individuals. And so, I was inspired by that. You know, I wanted to learn more about that. I wanted to kind of be a resource and be, you know, a key to this, this wealth of information that I was even learning myself. Yeah. Um, And, you know, then, you know, how we are, who we are, you know, um, sisters and brothers, you know, we know this, you know, we definitely, it was, we were past due, beyond past due with this information. So, um not only did it kind of spark my interest um in terms of the content that I was learning with this role yeah but I just really wanted to help people I wanted that individual Mm -hmm. impact I wanted to get back to that and I felt like this was a good way to do that yeah Um, I feel like this is also a necessary role to have you know at at some point everyone needs a financial advisor really at any point in life whether you're just starting out just graduated college just got your first job you know just had your first child getting married you know yeah. close to retirement at every stage of life you know you need a financial advisor just yeah. to kind of give options you know talk through what's available maybe learn something new that you yeah. never even knew before um in a way to get to that you know prosperity that you see for yourself yeah and so I felt like it was a great opportunity. I really like the opportunity to invest in myself. You know, I technically consider self-employed. I'm building my own clientele, my own book of business within the, you know, Northwestern Mutual umbrella. Yeah. But I'm building my own business, essentially. And so I love that freedom. And I love that flexibility for myself, you yeah. know, just being a strict, you know, corporate American worker, like just with my how I am I'm a fierce person if you can't even see that from this conversation like I'm very strong-willed I'm very determined and that was not the perfect role for me and who I am and so having now a role where I'm self-employed I'm you know make my own own hours I build my I talk to the people I want to talk to you know um I just love having that and it kind of it kind of speaks to my ambition as a person yeah so good I love that so much um and I love your heart is to serve right like yes Yes. you're getting this information 
to ensure that you will be prosperous. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know that it's not all about you and you want to help our community, like get, get this information and meet and those everybody. goals. Our everybody is the focus, but everybody, everybody, I, yeah, not discriminate at all. Everybody needs to know, yeah, you know, some type of information that a financial advisor knows. Yes. You know what I'm saying, like, there's no, like I said, you know, there's no way one person you can do everything by yourself. Absolutely. You know, you have to rely on a village. You have to rely on other people. You know, utilize our expertise to help yourself at the yeah. end. Absolutely. Um, so yeah. I love it. So what do you feel like is, and how long, so you, you haven't been there long or in the position very long. I'm coming up on a year. Woo. Congrats. Yes. Thank Congratulations. you. Congratulations. So what do you see in the future? I love how, um, that you are essentially building your own business and you mm-hmm. are able to set your own hours and build your clientele. So what do you see in the future in terms of your career path, like five, 10 years from now? Yeah. I see myself as a business owner. I see myself having the number one most successful financial advising practice in the country. That's, That's right. I see myself. Yes, you heard it first here, y'all. Um, you know, I want to be the go-to person for really virtually anybody. Yeah. You know, to be able to say, oh, you want to, you know, you want to get your finances in order, go talk to Taya. You know, yeah. you want to make sure you got enough life insurance, go talk to Taya. Yeah. You know, you want to make sure your investments are being managed properly, go talk to Taya and have yeah. her have her help you, have her yeah. work with you. Um that is my ultimate goal. I love it. Oops, that's good. That's so good. So I have a financial question for you, I think. Yeah. So for that person that's fresh out of college, mm-hmm. um, and maybe I'm gonna take it back. Maybe they have a little bit of residual money left, you know, or they're just yeah. getting started a job. What would you say is a key to them getting on the right track with their finances? Yes. Um, the number one key is, especially with a lot of young professionals, is you need to open up a Roth IRA. Mm-hmm. You know, you want to make sure when it comes to the biggest thing we want to make sure we're planning for long term is retirement. Yeah. Even though you're just starting out, I know it's probably the last thing. Right. They like the R word. Mind. They're probably like, you know, I get this a lot. I just started working. Why am I already thinking about, you know, when I'm going to stop? Yeah. But that's when you should be thinking about it the most because the biggest asset when it comes to investing in the market is time. You know, you want okay. to use time, you want to leverage time as much as possible. And the longer time horizon that you are invested into the market, you know, the the bigger your return will be. And so I wouldn't even say life insurance is that important yet. You know, yeah. I wouldn't really say that. I think the number one step start investing as early as possible yeah. use that residual money open up a Roth IRA throw a hundred bucks in our month a couple hundred a month whatever yeah. is is capable for you yeah but start start investing early you know what I'm saying and so and then you want to talk with an advisor to make sure you're invested yeah. in the right things you know yeah. make sure the younger you are the more aggressive you can afford to be mm. in your investment strategy yeah. and you know the more aggressive you are, the bigger your returns will be. Yeah. And so, you know, you want to kind of jump on that, utilize that as early as possible. Yeah. That's good. What a great tip. I hope you all are grabbing hold of this. That was so good, Taya. Um, okay, last question is, what are some practical daily habits that you are putting into place to help you reach that goal mm-hmm. of being that business owner, the number one 
the go-to person, the guru for yeah. financial advising? What are some like practical things you're doing? Um, my some practical things is I'm always learning. Um, yeah. so every morning I'm always to work. I listen to podcasts, short short clips of podcasts. Yeah. That, thoughts on the market or you know where um top things that you can do to kind of personally develop you know getting that um, mindset down building a mindset full of daily habits okay. is going to be a lot better than you know having all of these illustrious long-term goals so there's different goals let me break that down yeah. so there's different goals that you can have you have you know your long-term goals that that's the end goals, you know. Like I said, I want to be the top financial advisor in the country. That's yeah. a long time ago. Then you have, you know, this midterm goal where you kind of break it down a little bit into more bite-sized pieces, you know, to okay. get to that goal. So with that, you know, oh, well, I want to have this amount of premium, you know, I want to have about manage about a hundred thousand of premium a year, or I want to have maybe a million of assets under management, you know, to get there, you know, you break it down to more tangible kind of goals that you can, you can easily attain. And then you break those down even smaller to what are some daily or weekly or monthly things or habits that we can do to make sure I hit those, you know, number goals. And so with that could be make sure I keep 25 meetings, you know, a week on the calendar, you know, make sure um, I'm dialing consistently. Maybe I'm calling 40, 50 people a day to make sure I get them on my calendar. Maybe that's, oh, I sell this many amount of life insurance policies to get there. Or maybe I open up this many different, you know, investment accounts for my clients, you know? So you have to kind of be tangible in the type of goals that you want. Um, so that's one thing that I try to do. Um, constantly learning through podcasts and reading books, um, let's see what other daily habits. One daily habit that I'm working towards right now to master, I haven't mastered it yet, but I'm working towards mastering is making sure I wake up consistently early every day. So Ooh, making sure that I can wake up at like 6.30 every morning. Yeah. So that it becomes a habit and yeah. that I can do that because I have learned and I've noticed that, you know, the earlier you wake up, the earlier you start your day, the more things you get done. Yeah. It yeah. seems like something that's super, you know, intuitive. Like, yeah, that would make sense, but it's easier said than done. Yeah. So good. <laughs> you know don't hit snooze when that when that alarm clock goes off you get your butt up you know wake up get up <laughs> um and it's, it's it's very hard I'm not a morning person but I'm trying yeah. to grow to be one yeah and so um you know making sure that I'm just consistently um waking up early to be able to maximize my days um that's something that I'm trying to attain right now yeah so good I love that thank you for sharing that that you're you're on your way yeah, on your way to master yes. that. That's good. You gotta be transparent. You know, I think that's the biggest thing that a lot of people are afraid to do is mm -hmm. being transparent. You know, being true to who they are. But right. you know, if you want to make meaningful relationships and connections with people, you just have to be real. You know, yeah. be yourself. You know, um, and that's something that I really pride myself on. Yeah, so good, Taya. I love it so much. <laughs> Well, thank you. This has been so rewarding, so fulfilling for me. And so I know that our listeners are going to grab a hold of this. And um, I want you all 
um, like I mentioned, taking the notes and things, but, but drop those takeaways in the review. We would love to see that. And I'll definitely share them with Taya. Um, she dropped some nuggets and I'm so glad that I was like, you know what, let me just have her on the podcast. Cause I, you know, like I said, I, I met you then one time, but I didn't know your full story, mm-hmm. but I'm so glad that we had this opportunity for you to share. Thank you. Yes. So thank you again, Taya. And I hope everyone listening has a beautiful rest of your day, afternoon, evening, depending on whatever time you're watching this. Until next time. Hey, my listeners, thank you so much for tuning into this week's episode of Vision Speak Live. I hope you enjoyed what you heard. And if you did, I would love for you to rate this podcast and write a review. That only helps us get this out to more people. Also, subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss new episodes. Again, thank you so much for tuning in.